Good morning, and welcome to Ask the Pro, a paid commercial program. The opinions expressed are those of the participating clients and not necessarily those of the management and staff of WLVL. Ask the Pro is an informational-based program designed to advertise the product and or service of the client and to introduce them to the WLVL listening audience. Your questions and comments are welcome throughout the show. Just call 716-433-1433. All right. Good morning, everybody. Today is December 8th. It's Friday, and I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Ken Kerbs. He is in studio with us this morning. And, of course, he is from Kerbs Family Chiropractic and Wellness, which is located at 741 Davison Road here in the city of Lockport. So good morning, Dr. Ken. How are you? Good morning, Eric. How are you today? I'm happy. I was on one of my speed runs here, so I just kind of snuck in here just a few moments ago. So, Yes, you did. <laughs> enough, to, enough to take a breath and let's go. Yeah, that's right. Let her rip, so, Tater Chip. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the holidays are coming. Yes. Well, we missed. A, we mi- we haven't been here in a month because, again, rem- remember right. the last schedule was the, the day after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, and the station wasn't open, so we didn't do that. Yeah. Um, but here we are, and we're only what two weeks away from Christmas, or three something weeks, like something that. like that. Seventeen which days is a stressful, stressful time. This is not. Is. You know, I've I've said this in the past. This is not. I like the concept of the holidays. Okay, I really enjoy that. What I don't um, like and appreciate is the craziness that is associated with that um, and the expectations that are associated with that. So that becomes a real problem and and it creates a huge stress factor for people, um, you know, physically, mentally, financially um, in in so many different aspects. And you wonder, why do why do we do this to ourselves? You know, why? Why do we continually year after year after year? You know, when you look at. um, news media and you look at marketing and you look at all these things and they just they're constantly bombarding us yes um with the pressures and the expectations that we need to perform at this particular level or you're not you're not good enough you know right. or that type of a thing and that it's it's frustrating yeah all if, the cool kids are doing this oh absolutely you know absolutely yeah. and, you, and you should be all also doing that you know um and again that's something that has bothered me for a very long time you know we've kind of lost sight of you know what this whole thing is about because it is just nothing but pressure you know it's it's funny because this morning my wife texted me and said you know there's only 17 days left it's like okay (laughs) i can feel it is that a hint i can feel it (laughs) is that a hint (laughs) you know it was uh yeah there's a lot to do but why do we have to do it (laughs) you know that's the whole thing right you know why why i don't know yeah it's uh I think it started out with Coca-Cola in the 1930s when they introduced the Santa Claus thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was the beginning of the big marketing blitz for, and, for Christmas. Right. And look what it's become. You know, just look, look at how it's blown up to, you know, literally, I mean, and I understand that, you know, when we all have businesses, you know, I mean, retail depends on this season right now. That's right. They make a significant amount of their income based on, on this season. Um, so there's a huge push, you know, within that industry to um, push, push, push as much as you can. Yes. Um, and yet in our current economy, I don't know. It's it, it's going to be tough. Yeah. You know, I mean, even, you know, with our peanut butter and jelly drive that we're having, you know, the numbers are not where they used to be. 
Yeah, right. I mean, right. because again, people people have their limitations. That's right. You know, and you know, with you know, interest rates up, and and you know, people. You know, I have a friend of mine. She's been in her job for, you know, thirty some years, and she literally within the next few months will be losing her job. You know, um, I had another patient of mine. You know, who worked in banking, and you know what? All of a sudden, they just came in one day, <laughs> you know, and said, "You're done." No warning. No nothing. No warning. You know, after, you know, you spent your entire career and, you, and you're also at that age where, you know, although we can't age discriminate, you're at that age where a lot of people don't want to hire you because you're already, you're so close to retirement. You know, you're not there yet, but you're so, you know, you're within a couple of years of retirement and then you're just told, I'm oh, sorry, your services are no longer needed. Goodbye. Right. You know, no questions asked. You're walked out that day, you know. Um, you you grab your personal belongings and that's it. We'll take your key card. We'll take your, you know, any information, your login information, and you're done. And that kind of stuff, and especially this time of year, um, many times devastating to people, um, especially psychologically devastating. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, because you know, is they say you can't age discriminate, but they do. Absolutely. You know, and because they're not going to invest in somebody that's going to retire in two years. Right. You know, for job training or for whatever right. whatever your uh, position is going to be, it costs that company a substantial amount of money to get you to where you need to be to perform on a level that they need to be profitable. Right. And it's just, it's tough. It's a tough, tough market, tough yeah. gig. Yeah. A lot of and, sacrifices. Uh, people you know, unless you want to work in the service industry, which is nothing against working in the service industry. No. But it's just not, you can't raise a family on that money. Right. Those right. are meant to be introductory jobs, you know, if you're working in a fast food place or something like that. Yeah, but look what they've done in the fast food place, you know. Yeah, they're paying. What they've done, they're paying $16 an hour. Yeah. Okay, $16 an hour. I know people that work in far more skilled um, facets of work that get paid that. Right. They're <laughs> or very, very little, you know, very little above that. Right. You know, paramedics that are making $16 you know, an Yeah, hour. right. Right. I have patients of mine that are like ambulance drivers yes. and things like that. And that's that's their salary. And it's yeah. like, what? So I can flip burgers or wrap tacos and, and get 16 bucks an hour? That's a no-brainer. Right. And have no, nothing to worry no about. No responsibilities. And, say. you know, it's interesting because, you know, my wife works for um, TJ Maxx. And, you know, my wife is of that generation where you had a work ethic, okay? You know, if you're supposed to be to work at, at 2 o'clock, you're at work at 2 o'clock, and you work your shift, and you go above and beyond, you know? These young kids today, oh, my God. You know, the 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 call-in sick rate is just astronomical. You know, and especially during this, you know, obviously there's an increase in hiring and retail. Yep. Now it's a seasonal thing. You know, but these these kids just do not want to work or they just don't want to learn it. It's like they'll do whatever they want to do. And, you know, I mean, some days, I mean, she's going into work, you know, working overtime and before and after her shifts because all of a sudden four or five people call in sick on the same day. Right. Well, how are you going to run a retail store? And if anybody's been in TJ Maxx this time of year, it's insane. It's a there. zoo. It is a zoo. The, the the merchandise is coming out of your ears. They can barely find places to put it. There's so much that goes through that store mm -hmm. in a very short period of time. You know, and then you have the theft right there, which is just astronomical. Right. You know, and, and it's just, it's incredibly frustrating, you right. know, to and, work in that. And in, unfortunately, in that retail, retail theft, a lot of it is employee theft. Well, there's, that's, you that's know what, the, the thing is, people have become so blatant that they will just literally... 
grab an armful of stuff and walk out the door. Really? Even here in Lockport? Absolutely. No Absolutely. Kidding. Without a doubt. Yes, without no a doubt. No kidding. Yep. It is just some of the stories that I hear literally will, you know, they'll go, they'll have a shopping cart full and just literally walk out the door, you know, have a car waiting. They load it up and they're gone. It happens regularly and it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And, you know, and again, everybody, everybody has, um, every retail has a, you know, loss, you know, I mean, a certain amount of loss they're going to have because right. that stuff happens. Right. It's factored into the price of the Right. Goods. But when you look and see how the volume of stuff, I don't know. I just think, you know, and, and the thing is, as an employee, you know, they really can't do a whole lot. You know, they can't put themselves in jeopardy, you know, as far as like the last thing I would want my wife to do is try and stop somebody from doing that. Not for you $16 know. an hour. No, that's for sure. That is for sure. Right. It goes right you know, back to it comes full and, circle. Doesn't and it? that's where we, you know, that's where law enforcement comes in. And that's where, you know, but again, we have these rules now where you can steal a certain amount and you're not going to get really penalized for that's it. That's right. You know, it's perfectly okay. I mean, you, we know during, what was happening during the pandemic. It was like if it was under like $900 or something like that, they never they didn't even prosecute them. It's like $900. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of money in you my know. world. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Dr. Ken Curbs here on NASA Pro and on WLVL 1340 AM, streaming worldwide at WLVL.com. I'd like to say hi to everybody across the globe. Maybe your daughter is listening. In Thailand. In Thailand, yeah. Yeah, I know we got some folks in uh, Aruba that might be listening, some folks in Texas, John and his wife. So I just say hello to them. And uh, our friend Phil from Tridio, who's not feeling very well, we just want to say hi to Phil. Hope he's feeling better. And you can join this conversation by dialing 433-1433-433-1433. We'd love to have you join the conversation, talk about the concerns of your day. But uh, so, Doc, um, does Santa have his own chiropractor, you suppose? Or do you? I'm sure. Yes. Um, I've actually adjusted Santa Claus. Have you? So, yes, I have. I was kind of worried I have, about that. I have photographs to prove it, too. Cool. Yes. Because, you know, he's he's a big dude, carrying around all that heavy stuff, riding around in that bumpy thing, and then squeezing down the... Yeah. Yeah. That's not easy. Always in need. Always in need, yeah. He's probably a pretty needy dude. Yeah. How about Mrs. Claus? Um, well, I don't get to see her as often because she doesn't she doesn't travel. So oh, okay. You know. All right. So I'm sure that there's somebody up up north that um, is there to take care of her, but she's usually not along the trip. Groovy, I like it. <laughs> so in, in the world of chiropractic, is there any any news going on? Anything uh, or just in the world of doctoring in general? You know, the thing is, in you know, in this, there's a lot of misunderstandings within within my own profession, you know, that, you know, people think that, you know, I'm going to go to the chiropractor because they're going to fix my whatever, fix my condition, cure my disease, you know, uh, take all my life's problems away. Um, and, and really what it comes down to is I, I as a chiropractor, you I mean, my main focus is on your central nervous system and your brain. Okay. Um, people associate chiropractors with being quote back doctors. Um, the only reason a chiropractor even touches a person's back is because that's their access into the central nervous system. And that is to influence the brain function. So, you know, when you're, when you're looking at, um, 
you know, brain function, again, since it controls every, every other function in the body, that's where you really want to have the influence. So in our general healthcare system now, you know, we just, it's not even healthcare, it's, it's disease management. Okay. We don't try to, you know, we either try to stimulate something or we try to suppress something. So if you have too much activity in your body, we're going to give you something chemically to suppress that activity. If we don't have enough activity in your body, then we're going to give another medication to stimulate that. So let's say, you know, it's a situation where somebody has, you know, thyroid dysfunction, you know, you know, if they have an underactive thyroid, we're going to give a medication that to boost the thyroid and or we're going to give a medication to suppress the thyroid if it's overactive. When, in fact, you realize that the thyroid and all its secretions of glands and stuff like that are controlled by the central nervous system and the brain. So in the chiropractor's point of view, it's not about the thyroid. It's about where is the interference within that system that we can remove that interference to allow the proper uh, transmission of, of nerve supply from the brain to the thyroid gland to allow it to start functioning properly, okay? And that's what I, as a chiropractor, that's how I approach somebody with whatever condition that they have, you know, is to bring balance back to the nervous system and remove interference that's creating the the um, the interference in the transmission of activity, mm-hmm. not to just give someone a chemical to to suppress or excite the particular area you know you look at the the three biggies in in our healthcare system right now what i call the you know if you're over 40 um the vast majority of people are on one of these three medications and that is for lowering blood pressure for lowering uh, blood sugar and for lowering uh cholesterol right and uh, those are the most common those are the big sellers okay um and and the thing is not one of them address the root cause of the problem there's just chemicals that can lower them. <laughs> you know, when you start seeing um, people making alterations in their diet and having dramatic changes in their blood sugar levels without medication, you know, you see people totally reversing type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes shouldn't even exist. You know, 100 years ago, you didn't see type 2 diabetes. You know, you didn't worry about cholesterol issues, and that's when people were eating nothing but saturated fat. You know, they, they lived on animal products and, and there wasn't these commercialized seed oils and, you know, vegetable oils and all this garbage that they have in our society today, which are incredibly inflammatory to the person. Um, you know, we, di- we didn't have those type of problems. So we didn't worry about cholesterol. We didn't worry about blood sugar because we weren't eating the massive amounts of carbohydrates, you know, that we eat today. Right. And again, like we saw talked about in retail, advertising heavily, you know, you got the food industry advertising heavily for, you know, what's the cheapest thing to produce food-wise? It's carbohydrates. Right. Okay. You know, we, we, can, we can produce them like crazy, you know, and if we can get a people to eat a lot of carbohydrates, well, then... You know, we, we've produced cheap food and we've never, you know, we've never really solved any particular issues. Again, when we go into the three major food groups of carbohydrates, proteins and fats, only fats and proteins are essential for human life. There is no essential nutrients in carbohydrates to sustain life. And a person can live perfectly fine without ever consuming carbohydrates of any kind. Um, what they need are the essential amino acids and essential fatty acids from from protein and fats in order to lead a healthy life and sustain all the needs that they need. Um, when you look at our current um, standard American diet, you know, and you look at the food pyramid, which is upside down, 
way upside down and almost criminal in nature in what they're doing, where they're promoting these vast amounts of servings of, you know, grains and all this stuff. And I don't you it's like people will say to me, well, I don't eat that. I eat whole grains or it's a, it's a, no, it's no different. You know, it's a source of carbohydrate that still turns into the same thing, you know, and that is, you know, sugar in your body. And then when you're when your body is getting too much of that, you know, the liver converts that to fat. Mm. You know, and so although fat has been demonized for so many years, it's sugar that actually is the is the problem, not That's fat. Right. Yeah, right. If we got a call, let's we go do. ahead and go to that. Good morning, Carl. You're on with Dr. Ken Kurz. How are you? How you doing? Good, Steve. I got a question for you because you mentioned this. I, uh, you said you deal with uh, nerves and the brain and everything, and Eric knows I've had this problem along with a lot of friends of mine. Uh, tinnitus. Yeah. It, can you, uh, you know, tonight- I've, been going, I've been dealing with it for a long time, and anyone I deal with it to, I mean, the, the doctors uh, up there at the big tower there, uh, <laughs> they claim, you know, it's more than just a hearing thing. It's more inside and up there in the brain with the nerves. Yeah. And just like you said, they give you things and you're like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I just stopped having I took a little trial with something they gave me, and I said, this ain't working right for me. And they were like, well, you know, it's for a whole bunch of million other things, too. And it helps with that, maybe. It helps so with that, I'll maybe. Leave you at that, and you can just describe a little bit anything you know about tinnitus or anything about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always the guessing game. That's the problem. You know, we use something until it doesn't work, and then we drop that, and, and then we go on. You know, back, it's so funny. I'm just going to sideline a little bit. Um, back in the days, I remember early years of my practice, we, I would get the, the PDR, the, the physician's desk reference, okay? It's, it's, the, it's a book of every drug on the market. And it explains every effect, side effect, and contraindication and all that stuff for every drug. You know, you, it's amazing how many drugs come and go through that book over and over again. You know, the only, the only drug that's ever proven the test of time is the placebo. It is the only thing that's ever, you know, that's ever tested time. Um, every other drug has come and gone. Um, so the thing is, as far as tinnitus, so f- from from a definition standpoint, tinnitus basically when people talk about it is like ringing in the ears or a noise within the ear situation. There's t- there's multiple underlying causes for it. There are many medications that a side effect of it is tinnitus. So that's one thing you want to look at is look you know when you're when you're looking at your medications, you want to do a little research on them and see what are the side effects. Is tinnitus a potential side effect of that? I've had patients, I had a patient of mine who was in World War II, and he was a um, a paratrooper, okay? And as a direct result of some significant injuries from jumping out of planes in World War II, you know, he developed a terrible tinnitus that just, I mean, it was debilitating to him. One of the very few things that he could do that could help him was to um, they were, he, he wore almost it almost looked like a hearing aid, but it was called a masker. So it would put like almost like a white noise into his ear to kind of mask the the internal ringing that was occurring um, in his situation. And um, and that would help, but only to some degree, you know, so that's. Again, you've got to find the underlying cause of it. From from a chiropractic standpoint, I'm going to basically be looking at the nervous system because obviously something went wrong, you know, within and, – and again, it's always associated with ear because that's where people sense it, but it's brain function that's doing that. So when I'm looking at neurologically what's going on, I want to see where is the particular interference – 
I have had mixed results with with tinnitus over my career. Um, I've had people totally resolved, and I've had people who have had absolutely no impact on it whatsoever. The gentleman I was talking about that was in World War II, absolutely no impact, you know, whatsoever. I mean, he had had this for fifty years before he ever came to see me. Um, it's very unlikely for that to to occur. But the bottom line is, whatever health condition a person has, you really want to go to the basics of is there interference or in chiropractic we call it a subluxation or a misalignment that is interfering with the communication of nerve impulses from the brain to that particular part of the body and then and then remove those blockages or those interferences so that the body can restore itself because see I can't heal anybody okay the only thing I can do is remove the interference uh, the, the, the body is the only thing that can heal itself it's called innate intelligence you know we're born with that um, there's no medical doctor out there that heals you. I love it when people give all the credit and say, oh, that doctor saved my life and he healed me. It's like, no, he didn't. You know, he, he altered you so that enough that your body could finally compensate, you know, and, and be able to survive. Um, and that's, that's the thing that, so in, in a situation like tinnitus, that is in my career, that's one of the tricky ones, um, that, like I said, I've had very mixed reviews of total resolution to no effect. And again, you've got to look at the underlying cause, but the first thing I would want to look at for anybody is what are the medications you're on and is tinnitus a potential side effect of that? I hope that answers your question. I don't know if he hung on the line or not. I think he's still here. Okay. Are you still there? Steve? Huh. Says he's still here on the phone thing. But oh, does it? Okay. But that, that doesn't mean anything because it's the phone thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that's it. You know, that and, and, and tinnitus, just like any particular situation, you know, you know, as a chiropractor, I can't make any claims that I'm going to heal you or cure you or whatever. That's not my job. That's not the purpose of what I'm doing, what I'm doing. My job becomes very simple. And that is, you know, being an expert in detecting and removing interference within the nervous system. And when you're able to do that successfully, it's pretty remarkable in what happens with people. Sometimes instantaneously, and sometimes it just takes some time because no process occurs without time. You know, you've got, there's no healing process. I love when people come into me and they've been hurting for weeks, months, or years, and they want immediate results. You know, they want me to just take it all away. And it's like, that's kind of ridiculous to even think that one has the ability to do that. Now, believe me, there have been times where I have, you know, a single adjustment has been literally miraculous, you know, in how it's, how it's changed somebody. You know, uh, an example of back years ago, I had a little four-year-old girl. This was many years ago. She's probably in her 30s now. But um, mom brought her into me. The whole family were patients. And fortunately, I had treated this little girl before. So she was very comfortable and familiar with me. The mom called me up and said, um, I'm on my way to the pediatrician. She goes, and her daughter had a 104-plus temperature. She was very listless. She was just getting very stressed she goes but i want you to check her before i uh, she goes i want to bring her to you before i go to the to the uh pediatrician so you know within about 15 20 minutes i mean she was at my office carrying this little girl in her arms just limp as could be i mean she was so lethargic she could barely respond to you you know and i checked her 
And um, because I was already familiar with her, you know, I knew where I had to go, um, went into her upper cervical spine. I released the interference um, at the level of the C1 vertebrae, the very first cervical vertebrae. And instantaneously, her eyes bugged open, the fever broke, and within moments, she was sitting up as if she was perfectly fine. Okay. No and it was, um, it was quite remarkable. That's cool. It was really, it was a, you know, and like I said, that happened many, many years ago, but that was very impactful mm-hmm. um, in, in how I've, you know, how I've approached that. Sure. I've had my own personal experience um, with a number of years ago. This was probably pushing close to 20 years ago um, where I had a situation where I was helping my wife um, getting ready for a yard sale. And I went to reach to put a sticker on a puzzle and something just, it was nothing physical at all, but something just clicked. And I got this crushing spasm in my back that literally put me to the floor. Could not get up, could not move. If I lifted my head, the pain was so intense, I thought I was going to just die right there. It was just intense. Didn't know what to do. Fortunately, that day was my day off. So I didn't have to worry about getting where this is. This is happening at about seven o'clock in the morning now. And I am in my basement family room on the floor, cannot move. So I kind of panicked, got my cell phone, called my my chiropractor who practiced at that time, practiced up in Snyder, New York. And I said, I told him what was going on. I said, I cannot. I can't function. He goes, he goes, he goes, you know, I can't do anything right now. He goes, I'll get there as soon as I can because he had office hours that day and was, you know, was working. Yeah. And so I said, okay. So I literally laid there for 12 hours on no. the floor. I could not get up. Oh, man. And couldn't, couldn't, fun- couldn't even shimmy myself into a different position. And I just laid there all day long. He showed up at about, about 6 about six o'clock in the evening after his office hours were done and then he had to drive it's about a 25 minute ride out to where i am and here i am laying on the floor and he checked me and he adjusted my upper cervical spine the very top of my vertebrae and it was probably the most intense adjustment i've ever had in my entire life it literally i call lit me up and i laid there for a moment and I thought, oh, my God, what just happened? You know, it was it was very strange. So I thought, OK, let me see. Let me test this, you know. And that's all he did. One particular movement on me. That was it. And all of a sudden, I raised my hand up and I'm going like, oh, God, it didn't spasm. You know, I just literally just went like this, just lifted my hand slightly off the floor because even that would have sent me sailing. Right. And it didn't happen. So I said, oh, my God, this is weird. So I started moving my arms around. Then I started moving my legs. And it was like I wasn't getting any spasm. I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to try and turn. Turned onto my side. Literally, this was like not within five minutes of him doing this. I was standing up and walking around. I went back to work the next day as if nothing had ever happened. I had no residual effects from it whatsoever. Um, but it was it was so debilitating at the time that I... I I didn't know how I was going to get through the day, mm. you know. So, again, the, the power of that adjustment, the power of, you know, releasing that interference from the nervous system, you know, can be literally life-changing in a moment. But, again, though, you can't predict those. 
Okay. I never expected that. Um, nor did I expect when I was adjusting that little girl with 104 plus fever that that was going to release. Does that happen every time? No. Did it in her case? Absolutely miraculous. What I'm saying is that when you remove the interference, you allow that body to restore itself back to its more normal function. What would have happened if she went to the pediatrician? They would have just loaded her up with all kinds of, you know, medication to lower the fever. Right. You know, this is what happens is, like, you know, there was an old medical doctor, Dr. Mendelssohn, who, you know, he wrote a book called um, Raising Healthy Children in Spite of Your Doctor. You know, and this is a medical doctor. Now, this isn't a chiropractor. This is a medical doctor. You know, you've got to realize that one of the things he said is fever is a normal Occurrence that is does not mean you're sick. Fever when a body increases its fever, it means it's trying to fight something off. You know whether it be a bacterial infection or, or viral infection or something like that. It's it's and what happens is we've we've trained our society to at all costs suppress fever. You know so I have parents who are you know they get their kids got a 99 temperature and they're already giving them Tylenol and Motrin and all this stuff to suppress the fever. Say like, no, allow that to to go. You know, you allow that, obviously, monitor, make, you know, make decisions as far as that goes. If you need to consult with the doctor, if you're really concerned, consult with them. But, you know, most pediatricians should understand that that fever is a normal response mechanism, defense mechanism in the body to ward off something that's trying to invade it. All right. So, you know, I mean, with my children, you know, when they had fevers, we never gave them anything. You know, we just let the fever run. I checked them. I made sure that their nervous systems were clear and you let the fever run. It ran about it would go about 12, 14 hours, you know, and then it would be resolved and they would be fine. There would be no residual effects from that. Um, There was a time when my son was 18 months old. He was our only child at the time. You know, it was our first child. He developed a fever, and it went up to about 104, 104.8. It was pretty high. I was getting a little nervous, but I was monitoring him, like, you know, constantly. Um, the, the thing with fevers, you want to just make sure they stay hydrated. Don't worry about whether they eat or not. Just make sure they're take, getting fluid in so they're staying hydrated. And then, um, you know, I adjusted him, and we just monitored it. Well, about a little time into it, it was probably about six or seven hours into it. All of a sudden he threw up. And when he threw up, there was some definitely some like blood in there. Okay. It was like a, not, not fresh blood, but like old stuff. Congealed. Yeah. So I, um, I got nervous. So I called the pediatrician and I said, look, this is what's going on and this is what I'm doing. He goes, you're fine. He goes, that's just, you know, that sustained fever like there, you know, causes some little blood vessels in the stomach to, to, sometimes break there'll be some slight bleeding that was already old in there you know and then he just threw that up and literally within two hours after that he was fine the fever broke and he was fine but that was a little stressful time for me most people won't do that because we've been so conditioned to believe that the moment a fever starts you know what, what did they what did they say during the pandemic if it was you know whatever the ridiculous number was like you can't you can't go anywhere you know if you you know they had monitors everywhere you had to have your temperature taken yep. you know in order to if you if you had a 99 temperature you were out you could not come near anybody That's you right. know and I, it was just so it was so ridiculous no symptomatology whatsoever nothing else just that you know and um it was just kind of a little bit what i call over the top um paranoia you know, so sometimes you sometimes you gotta um, you've gotta understand body you know body systems and you gotta understand functions within the system in order to um, yeah. understand what's going on. Yeah, there's a, a local nursing home that's going back to masks. Oh. 
I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yep, this is this is the thing because again they they run under the auspices of we're trying to protect the elderly. Okay, so first of all, we saw it we saw it in the last three years. It it didn't it, it had virtually no effect whatsoever on the outcome. Okay, and especially what people were wearing. You know, I mean, viruses are going to get around no matter what. You're not going to stop the process. You also have to realize that this particular virus that was affecting people has mutated so many times already since 2019 that it's not even similar to what it was. You know, it's a different situation. Um, It's interesting also that, you know, in our paranoia and you see all the ads out there, but they're always who are they always sponsored by Pfizer, you know, or Moderna, Johnson and Johnson. Johnson. I don't think they're using the Johnson and Johnson anymore, but Pfizer's the big one out there. And all these ads are, you know, it was all sponsored by Pfizer. Well, obviously they make huge profits by this thing, but they've, the latest stats I've seen is there's only like a two to 4% compliance rate with the current uh, booster shot. You know, the people just are not Mm -hmm. buying into it. Um, Right. You know, you know, I think uh, you're referring to the news cycles, right? If you're watching the news, watching a news cycle and it's sponsored by, well, 70% of all, 70% of all, Media advertising is pharmaceuticals. Yes. Okay. So you can't and, tell me they don't influence the content of the news. Right. They totally influence the content of the news. And people don't realize that there are only two countries in the world that allow pharmaceutical advertising. The one is the U.S. and the other one is New Zealand. They're the only two countries in the world that allow any type of advertising for, for pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Well, once they were allowed to do that, man, they, they their profits boom because, you know, again, they have marketers. They have psychologists. They know exactly how to influence people. Look at these ads. It makes things look like, you know, life, like you're going to live in nirvana, this, like, wonderful utopia, you know, if Isn't you take something? these drugs. But then when you listen to the side effects, you're going like, why in the world would anybody take the risks, yeah. you know, of that? Stuff you know? is going to kill me. Right. And yet. So many people mm-hmm. will just line up and you know line up and do it. All right, let me let me let me walk on the the edge of the. Let me walk on the edge here with you for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Chemotherapy, mm. radiation. Wow. Okay, give chemotherapy or radiation to a well person. Okay, they would never give chemotherapy to a well person. Oh, okay. we had a call. Oh man! Because of the damage, you know. And just just as this was getting juicy, that's all right. This colors. Good morning, caller. You are on the air with Doctor Ken Curves. What is your thought, comment, or question, please? Yes. Good morning, Eric. Sorry to interrupt that. That was getting kind of interesting. That's okay. Um, we have plenty of time. <laughs> good morning, Ken. Uh, what I'm calling about is just curious. Uh, adjusting the spine and nerves and stuff will that affect the like the blood flow, constant blood flow? Because as I get older, I get concerned about cardiac arrest and you know, heart issues and stuff, and will that accomplish that? Well, so first of all, an adjustment isn't going to change your blood flow, okay? But again, blood flow is controlled by nervous system function. The other thing Mm -hmm. you have to realize, too, is as, as you get older, you have to look at other factors, like what are you putting in your mouth? You know, what are you, you know, what are you exposing yourself into your environment? You know, again, 100 years ago, there was cardiovascular disease virtually didn't exist. People didn't even know about it. It wasn't until, actually it wasn't until like the 50s with, you know, President Eisenhower that things became really prominent as far as that goes. And that's when, you know, the dietary, you know, situation started changing dramatically. 
you know, and they and they okay. de- they started demonizing um, saturated fat. You know, President Eisenhower was a heavy, heavy smoker. You know, but they didn't take any correlation between the smoking and his heart disease. <laughs> it was all the saturated fat because, again, there was an agenda there to change right. to change that outset. They were trying to pull pull their attention away from sugar, and so they put it on fat, and and that's a problem. So we know as you're look as you're getting older, when you're looking at cardiovascular health, you really want to seriously look at your diet, and you really want to serious look at your your exercise regimen. You know what are you okay. doing to physically take care of yourself? Obviously, chiropractic comes into play is that you want to do this with the least amount of interference within your nervous system as possible. But is chiropractic right. going to prevent heart disease? Um, I don't think that. If you're especially if you're not doing any of the other things and this is what happens in our society. We just we literally eat and eat and eat and eat. You know, carbohydrates are incredibly addictive. You know, they work in the same the same um, uh, dopamine centers within your brain that that give you that pleasure. You know, know. and when I when I tell people, you know, not to eat things or to give it's like I couldn't do that. It's like, no, you could because nobody ever died from not eating carbohydrates if you choose not to. You know, it's just like, you know, getting the alcoholic to stop drinking alcohol or the smoker to stop smoking and things like that. It's like, no, there's too much pleasure involved with that and they are willing to take the risk it's frustrating Mm -hmm. when you look at a person when they get later in life and they get to that point of chronic disease and debilitation and whether it be heart disease or cancer which are the two biggest killers out there okay and they look back and they say how could this happen to me it's like wait a minute here look what have you done you know what have you you know you know i've said this before it's like the things you're doing you know with your for yourself today are going to reflect on what how you're going to be in the future and the way you are today is a direct reflection of what you've done in the past you know and is it true as you get older too you really kind of have to adjust your food intake you absolutely you you absolutely do but it really is the type of food that you're eating you know we live in a society that eats highly highly processed food you know we forgot the single ingredient food anymore go into any grocery store you know go down all the center aisles of a grocery store there is nothing okay. there that has single ingredients, all right? Right. True. You know, if you yeah. stay around the yeah. perimeter yeah. of the store, you know, you can find the single ingredients. But if you, once you enter into the the center of the store or anywhere outside the perimeter, it's all highly processed. The other yeah, issues that true. we have, too, is the, the uh, commercial seed oils, you know, the canola oils and safflower oils and all these things. These things, when you, you know, if you want to eat those things, just look and see how those things are produced, it's mm. unbelievable the the process that they go through. They're so adulterated. They're they're you know, they're they're just it's ridiculous, you know, with what they go through to do that. And we're eating that, but yet we demonize things that people have ate, eaten for millions of years and that is animal based fat. You know, yeah. butter, ghee, tallow, you know, lard, you know, those type of things. We demonize those things because realize this dietary cholesterol does is not the same as cholesterol produced by your body okay so again remember back a number of years ago when they demonized eggs don't eat eggs they're the worst possible thing you could eat because too much cholesterol my goodness well they've backed off on that you know they they are probably one of the most ideal foods you could eat as an egg exactly you know and it's like i won't hesitate you know to eat eggs i eat a lot of eggs you know and so never and never worried about cholesterol or anything else like that you know what start looking at your sugar intake and look at your carbohydrate intake especially 
if you're concerned about cardiovascular health. You know, yeah, and obviously, I worry too because I don't have a gallbladder, and okay. I worry how that affects me. Right, and that's another. That's a that becomes another whole situation in your situation. What do we do in our society when a person has a gallbladder problem? We don't try to address that. We just cut it out because if right. we remove mm-hmm. it. But realize this is that your your um your liver is still producing the bile. The problem is the gallbladder is the storage unit, so you don't have the storage unit there to supply to to for the bile. So it's constantly running. You know, so sometimes yeah. you have to take, there are supplementations out there, you know, for, for people who don't have gallbladders that can really help. So again, now how are you then it, without a gallbladder, how are you as far as digesting fat? Like if you ate a high fat meal, does it affect you significantly? No, nothing really affects me too much, but it seems like every meal doesn't, it doesn't get digested real well. So, so, so give me give me a typical meal for you. Give me a, a generalized typical meal for you. What are you eating? Hmm. Let me think. Honestly, um, <laughs> not what I want to hear, but honestly. Um, maybe a little bit of mashed potatoes, vegetable, and a little like a pork chop or something. Yeah. And just the pressure of that. Within an hour, I'm running to the bathroom. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So the yeah. thing is, when I see that type of a thing, you've got to look at, you know, a, a, a digestive system that isn't working properly. And most of the time, it's as a direct result of what's called leaky gut, where there's breaks within that in that system that aren't allowing the proper absorption of nutrients and your body uh-huh. is reacting. And so what happens is it just says, I want this out. So obviously, the stuff you just ate isn't what's coming out, you know, a half hour no. later. No, um, but no. it's it's stimulating the system to push it out. And it's usually, yes. is it usually yes. loose? Yes. Okay. So the thing is, you know, one of the things that you, when, when a person is having a lot of digestive issues, you know, and again, we, again, it's going to be controversial, um, but people, you know, people all say, well, I need to eat more fiber, you know, when in yeah. fact the fiber yeah. is what is creating so much of the issues for you. You know, fiber I again is not told, necessary. I was told to take Benafiber. Yeah, of course, more fiber. Fluid. Yep. No, it takes the fluid out yep. of my stool, and I only take just a little bit, just enough to uh, adjust that. Right. Well, I would be I would be altering my diet, <laughs> um, okay. and, right. and getting rid of of getting rid of a lot of stuff in your diet. Like the mashed potatoes okay. and you know and things yeah, like that. Yeah, well, I don't need you a know. lot of it, but it's right. You know, but still, that was just a general. Right, but still, you're what's happening is, you know, you should be increasing your your. Can I just ask, where's your age range? Uh, fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Okay, so you are, and at fifty-eight as a woman, you need to be, you need to be concentrating, making sure you're getting enough protein into your diet. Okay. Right. Yeah. And and you need to uh, because we are, we are so under eat protein, we so over eat carbohydrates and so under eat protein that you really need to have adequate protein and you need to be doing something from an exercise standpoint and especially for women, especially postmenopausal women, resistance exercise, weight training of some sort. Uh, you're not going to get big muscles from weight training. You're you know, but but again, the when you condition your muscles and strengthen your muscles, that's going to definitely affect your metabolism. The other thing is too, and and I'd be happy to some point down the road talk to you more on a on a one to one basis as far as that dietary changes to stop that whole process from occurring you know what you're you know you're in your upper 50s but you're to me that's i I don't consider that in any way old okay and your your nervous Mm -hmm. or your digestive system 
should be working like clockwork. You know, you yeah, should eat appropriately. You should have appropriate bowel movements. You should not have a lot of attention on that. Something's wrong there, and the vast majority of it is in, in actually what you're taking in. You know. Okay. Well, so, I can talk to you my next appointment, so that'll okay. work. <laughs> Absolutely. Bring it up to me, and and let's let's talk more about that. Okay. Okay, I can do that. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, bye. Right, thanks. Yep. So. That that was an interesting call. It really yeah. was. Those are really valid questions. You know how the interacting of this affects that, and you know, is and there the, one single answer? No. This but, is what people we don't make any association with that, right? You know, because we're so conditioned to think, well, you know, what's the big deal? I eat a, you know, a healthy salad, you know, but you realize the impact of all that insoluble fiber that you're taking into your system. You know, when you, you know, one of the things is when people are dealing with irritable bowel and, and Crohn's disease and stuff like that is you, you have such an inflammatory process going on within the bowel. You need to calm, you need to rest the bowel. Well, the way you rest the bowel is stop eating all the fiber, you know, because that fiber is, it's, it's not digestible. It's running through your system. Where you, where you should be focusing your diet is increasing your fat intake because prior to the demonization of fat, how do you think we had appropriate bowel movements? It was the fat that lubricated the bowel. Right. All right. And so what happens is, is your body, you can't overdo fat because what will happen is your body will absorb what it needs and the rest of it gets flushed out through your digestive system. And that's what creates the lubrication for appropriate bowel movements, not fiber. The problem is when we demonize fat and we replaced it with carbohydrates or sugar, okay, we then we took away the fat, which was what we call lubrication. So what's happening is when they first started doing that, people were having humongous problems with, with constipation. Say and it's so, not so. And yeah. And so their solution was eat more fiber. And, and this is how it's evolved over the last 50 plus years. And we're getting to this craziness of people saying, I got to eat more fiber, got to eat more fiber. It's like, no, you don't. What you need to do is eat more fat. And allow your body to meet appropriately. So when when the lady that just called, when she was talking about, you know, mashed potatoes and, and a vegetable and then uh, and a pork chop, it's right. like when you eat that pork chop, make sure you eat the fat that's with it. Okay, don't cut all the fat off. Make sure you're eating that fat with it, you know, um, because that's that's the thing that's going to help. You get the essential fatty acids you need to support all your cell function. We, we demonize. Oh, my God. Are we done already? We are. Now, we're on a roll here, and it's already over with. I know. So I was going to get more started. into cholesterol and how vital it is in right. our in our function of our body. Oh, man, um, this could, conversation could so, go on for hours, yeah. shouldn't it? Yes. But we can do it again in two weeks, can't we? Absolutely. Two, yeah, we're going to get hit it just, just before just Christmas. Just before Christmas, that's so, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dr. Ken Curves here on WLVLS The Pro. And if you would like to have a consultation with him in his office, just call 434 434- Zero six seven one four three four zero six seven. You got thirty seconds, Doc. Oh my God! What do I say? Hey, have a great day. Fo- start focusing on what you're doing. Look at your medications. Look what they're doing to you. You know, look at your diet. Get some exercise. Do these things. Just make common sense. And unfortunately, most people aren't willing to do that. But if you really want to change your health, that's what you need to do. So thank you so much. All right, very good, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time here on Esipro WLVO thirteen forty AM. Signing off.